Today's scripture reading is from the Gospel of John, chapter 11, verses 25 through 27, and chapter 20, verses 1 and 2, and 11 through 18. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. Early on the first day of the week, while it was dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabuni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Is that better? That's better. (laughs) Good morning and happy Easter to each of you. If I haven't had the chance to meet you yet, my name's Emily. I'm one of the pastors here. I hope I have the chance to meet you this morning and say good morning and wish you a happy Easter. We are... um, celebrating this way in a special day you've been taught that when someone says he is risen we respond with he is risen indeed that's an old ancient christian tradition so let's try it once more he is risen he's risen indeed will you pray with me holy and gracious god we are gathered here today to celebrate your resurrection Lord, move in us, we pray. Let us hear your voice. And we pray that you would speak right into our hearts, speak right into our lives, and get me out of the way. Lord, we've come today to worship you and want to be closer to you. And so may the words of our mouths, the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O Lord, for you are our rock, our refuge, our redeemer, and our risen Lord. And it is in your name that we pray, Alleluia and Amen. 
Well, it was early one Sunday morning, and I was setting up for worship services at a different church. I was doing the children's sermon that morning, and for it, I had made a couple of props, a start line and a finish line. And I had written those words in bold black marker on construction paper and tucked them there on the front pew. I was wearing my running shoes that morning, and my plan, which may not have been the best, was to run a race with the children in the sanctuary, and we were going to talk about what it is to run a race in life and faith and stay together and keep going when things get tough. So when it was time for the children's sermon, I invited all the kids to come up, and there were about ten children who came from all over the sanctuary and sat on that front row. And they asked about my running shoes. I said, oh, well, I've worn them today because we're going to run a race together. And I said, who wants to race me? And nine of the children did not move at all. (laughs) One little boy who was about five years old raised his hand in the air so high I thought his arm might get dislocated. And then he started to bounce up and down. And then he started to wave left and right. And then he waved so much he was knocking over the children to his left and to his right. He wanted to volunteer, you see. I knew this little boy. I had learned his name early on, and if you are a teacher, you know what I mean. So I was a little wary of running a race with him in the sanctuary. I said, is that all the volunteers? And sure enough, the nine children did not move. They were all staring at the boy I'll call Ethan. So... I said, Ethan, we're doing this, and here are the rules. There's a start line. I'll put it down right here. I showed it to them all, and there's a finish line, and I'm going to put it right here. So what we do is we line up on the start, and we run, and then we stop when we get to the finish. This is how it works. These were the rules. We were all in agreement. And so I said, Ethan, here we go. And we lined up on the start line side by side. I said, on your mark, get set. And he was gone (laughs) at about a five minute per mile pace. And when he got to the finish line, he paused briefly and then he kicked it into high gear and continued running all the way around the sanctuary the people in the church were craning their necks to see where he was now the ushers moved to the doors to protect him from going into the outside world and he continued to mark every corner he fell twice yelled ouch once and never missed a beat when he got up to the front he saw that stop line he didn't even slow down the second time I had to catch the boy and put him back on the front seat with the other children who were all laughing by now the entire choir was laughing by now the entire congregation was laughing by now and I was too because why not I had lost all control of the service. Nothing had gone the way it was supposed to. Ethan broke all the rules. He did not stop at the finish. Thank God. What Ethan had done that day was far better than what I had planned. 
What Ethan had modeled that day was not only a grand illustration of continuing to go, even when you fall, even when you get hurt, we're going to get through this together. He also modeled a grand illustration of the resurrection. What's going on in our resurrection story today? Derek read for us the version from the Gospel of John. You may have heard a different version before. Each of the versions in the Gospels is different. They differ in who went to the tomb, in what order, what they found, who said what, who did the talking. The four accounts only agree on a few things. Number one, that Jesus had been sentenced to death and killed on Friday and placed in a tomb that was sealed Number two, that a woman or women came to that tomb a few days later. And number three, that the stone that had sealed that tomb had been rolled away. And fourth, that Jesus' body was not there. The rules of death in every version had been broken. Jesus did stop at the finish line briefly. But then nothing from there on had gone like they thought it would. Thank God. The ending was turned into a beginning. The resurrection will do that to you. It's not the first time a resurrection occurs in the New Testament either. In the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Jesus brings the daughter of a religious leader back to life. In the Gospel of John, Jesus brings his friend Lazarus back to life. In that story, Jesus tells one of Lazarus's sisters named Martha what we heard read today in John chapter 11. Jesus tells her, I am the resurrection and the life. It's what we call an I am saying of Jesus One of those statements Jesus makes about himself in the Gospel of John that's meant to tell us more about who he is and what he's like. And we learn today in those two readings from the Gospel of John something about Jesus. That not only is he resurrected, as we read in John chapter 20, he is also the image and the author of resurrection as we read in John chapter 11. He's the model of it. The bringer of it, the example of it, new life is written into his very identity. This is who he is. It is a declarative statement. I am the resurrection and the life. However, such a statement and the enactment of it got Jesus into a lot of trouble. It's yet another way he breaks the rules of what the religious leaders expect and how they think things are supposed to work. As a result, the religious authorities want to control Jesus, so their plan is to kill him. And Lazarus, too. They feel threatened in their position and authority. They fear they will lose their place in the world their place in the faith community, so they act out against him. The leaders spread the word that if you know where Jesus is, tell us because we want to come and arrest him. And that's exactly what happens. 
from that time on, Jesus starts to travel less out in the open. But as you may have heard, several days later, one of his closest friends and followers named Judas does, in fact, betray his location to the religious authorities. And they come out and arrest him there. So the religious leaders thought that uh, they had won, right? They got rid of that pesky Jesus, that rule breaker and threat to their authority and position and control. And three days later, all this happens, right? That finish line that they thought they had written in bold black marker. They thought everyone understood all those rules and they had clearly put it into place. And Jesus had only paused on it for a moment and turned that stopping point into a brand new beginning. Nothing holding him back. Resurrection will do that to you. It changes the rules for all of us, thanks be to God. It's hard to understand the resurrection Unless we understand what leads to it. Resurrection doesn't come despite tombs. It comes because of them. And resurrection doesn't come despite death. It comes because of it. Speaking of tombs, maybe you know what those are like. Some of us know what it is to feel dead while we're still alive for a number of reasons. And we've been in tombs of one making or another for a long time. Maybe it's because of trauma or addiction or violence or loneliness or mental illness or physical illness. Abuse, grief, relationships falling apart. Times when the strikes against us far outweigh or outnumber anything that is good. Life is hard and it can hurt. And sometimes it hurts a lot. And we may feel like life is rolling a stone in front of us trying to seal in some of that darkness. And that can be true for any of us. Christians are no exception. I wish faith in Christ were some protective bubble shielding us from all harm all the time. But it is not. That is not the gospel. That is not the promise of it. The gospel promise is also something we hear in the gospel of John, that God so loved the world, say it with me if you know it, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. The gospel promise is that God sends Jesus to forgive us, save us from sin and death and heal us and make us whole and be with us. Even when we don't want Jesus there. God promises love and presence, not protection. Jesus knows all too well what it is to be human and vulnerable and hurt and be inside a tomb. And tombs are a problem. 
because they make it look like they're the end of the story or want us to think that they are. The end of the promises from God, the end of God's love. They make it look like suffering wins and gets the last say. But on this day, this Easter day, in steps the resurrection, waving its hand, demanding to be heard, waving its hand from one side to the other in all of creation. Standing up. Because suffering does not get the last word. And the tomb is empty. Would you say that with me? The tomb is empty. Empty. Which means that tombs do not and never get the last word. God does. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He tells us on both sides of a tomb when we die through the gift of eternal life in salvation and as we live in this life in the middle of it. Theologian Frederick Beekner writes that the resurrection means the worst thing is never the last thing. And God is still in the resurrection business today, rolling stones away, making them move and budge, calling forth new life and making that possible for those of us who may think we are forever broken. It's because Jesus survived the worst that life can dish out. He makes it possible for us to survive it, too. Because he is with us now and always, thanks be to God. Resurrection changes everything. In it, Jesus changes the rules. He hadn't stopped doing that. And he transforms tombs. He hasn't stopped doing that. The message on Easter morning is that the tombs don't win. Love does. Resurrection says love is stronger than hate. Life is stronger than death. Hope is stronger than suffering. Courage is stronger than self-doubt. Love is also stronger than fear. Light stronger than darkness. God is stronger than evil. And Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. And that Lord can turn a finish line into a start line any day of the week. Jesus did it then. He does it now. He will do it tomorrow. Thanks be to God. Just ask that little boy who ran around the sanctuary. (laughs) He was pretty good at showing all of us what it looks like to not stop and keep going when everyone else tells you that you should. Resurrection will do that to you. Mary Magdalene's story is evidence of this resurrection power. She had a heavy life of early tombs and triple, quadruple marks against her. And Jesus changed all that when he met her. As she believed and trusted him, Jesus changed her life. Gave her life purpose and meaning and salvation. She was one of his closest followers. 
on Easter morning, she went to the grave to honor Jesus, the only one who had ever seen her differently than anyone else had. So she went to honor Jesus to the tomb where his body was laid. But he wasn't there. She went to tell two of the disciples. They came to check it out for themselves. They went back home. Mary returned to the tomb to find out where his body was. And Jesus was there, but she didn't recognize him. Yet she was crying because nothing had gone the way she thought it would. Thanks again be to God. What Jesus had done was far better. Jesus revealed himself to Mary when he said her name and she turned to him with all of herself and all of her heart. And she ran then to tell the others this incredible news that what Jesus had done for her is now something Jesus could do for anyone. My God, he says, is your God too. So that new starting line had been written into the world by the power of God in full force. Jesus conquered death for himself. For all of us, he can turn anything into a new start. Amen. This church knows something about that too. Today marks our 21st anniversary in this sanctuary. We've got a history of over 160 years, but 20-some years ago, we decided to move to a literal finish line. (laughs) It was a dead-end road, and Autumn Ridge wasn't all here yet. Embry Mill wasn't at all here yet, and we built in the middle of nowhere (laughs) and prayed one day that people would come. It's a pretty incredible story. When they were preparing to build this sanctuary, we were told we had six feet of bad dirt that we had to first get out of the way and then bring in truckloads of good dirt. And then after the foundation was laid, we found out then it started to rain and then we had two feet of water on top. And then we had to buy hand and shovel, get that water out of there so we could continue to build. I love that symbolism. Write that meaning that sometimes in order to build and get to new life, you've got to get rid of the bad dirt first. Recognize that it's there. And see that new line starting. And see that new growth forming. They had conflicts then. The church has been through so much. But like that little boy going around the sanctuary, right? God calls us to just keep going. And watch what God will do. There's new life took off here at what was a dead end. Jesus rewriting people's lives through the likes of us. Thanks be to God. Resurrection's not only a story about Mary Magdalene. It's not only a story about a church. It is a story about each one of us and our lives too. Know today that God is still in the resurrection business. God is still moving dirt, rolling stones away and emptying tombs in our lives. Think about it. In what area of your life would you pray today for God to move some stones? In what area of your life do you pray for God to move some bad dirt out of the way? To fill it with something good? 
In what area of your life would you pray for God to empty out a tomb? How are you praying for resurrection in your life today? And how can you, like Mary Magdalene, run out and share it? Jesus asks Martha, do you believe in the resurrection? Do you believe this? It matters. Let's believe it. Let's trust it. And then let's count on it. And count on the God who brings it. God brings new life now and unendingly. And can turn any finish line into a new start. Thanks be to God. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen.